0: Welcome to the Beauty Me podcast. My name's Sharice Kenyon and I've been writing about beauty for around 15 years. During that time, I've heard so many stories about how we approach beauty, our routines and the traditions that make us who we are. I wanted to create a space where I could discuss these rituals further with people from around the world. For me, it's all about beauty without the BS. Hi there. I actually asked the Beauty Me followers on Instagram, what they preferred that I would talk about this week. I gave a choice between some new beauty releases or talking about whether we're doing too much when it comes to filters on Instagram and photographs in general. And it was, yeah, I think 100% of people voted for me to talk about filters. So that's definitely happening today. But I am also going to talk about those beauty launches just because I can't lie. Both of them are things that I definitely want to buy. Um, So I'll be asking for your feedback on that at the end. But I really wanted to get started talking about filters just because they're just part of our everyday now. I think I myself, when I go on Instagram stories, I think maybe 90% of the people that I follow use filters when they're showing their face. And for me personally, when I sometimes do like to camera stuff, right, if I want to talk about something nine times out of 10, put a filter on. And that is because I'm self-conscious about things such as my under eye area, wrinkles, or just not being plump enough. Or it could be that I only woke up an hour ago and it's actually too puffy in that area. So it's kind of like these little tweaks that it's kind of easy. You don't really feel like you're pretending as such, but I think we do have to ask ourselves, why are we doing it? The biggest app that has kind of facilitated this need or demand for tweaking ourselves is probably Facetune. I think I downloaded it once but I didn't really use it. For me it felt really fake. With a few taps I could completely change the shape of my face and I was never really concerned with that. For me it's always been perhaps hiding like acne scars or breakouts. But Facetune's been around since 2013 and it's probably the most popular app that's out there for changing your looks. While it allows you to enhance what you have, it also allows you to kind of erase things that you don't like and completely change them. So your nose can be straighter, your cheeks, bones could be sharper, your face could have less fat in it. So it's been the most extreme one and it's still extremely popular now. It's had a massive influence on social media as a whole, really especially when combined with Instagram, I actually popped onto the app store just to see if FaceTune is still actively being downloaded and reviewed. I found a couple of reviews from maybe a year ago, and I was actually surprised that a makeup artist was on there saying that she used it a lot on her clients. That really got me thinking because she is in the business of making her clients feel better, but then she's posting pictures of them that have been tweaked. Now, she's saying she tweaks them to make the client feel better still about her using their image on her Instagram. But for me, how would that client feel seeing that it wasn't their choice to be edited, but she as a makeup artist has tweaked their face to make them look better for her feed? So I just really started getting into sort of went down the rabbit hole a bit. I'm actually when I'm not podcasting or writing about beauty, I also am a photographer and one of the things that I tell people whenever I take on a job, unless it's with a like a big brand that does want that flawless image. But nine times out of 10, I do portraits and I do tell people to look at my work. You will see there are freckles there. There's some texture in the skin. Yeah, I might take out stray hairs, whether they're growing from someone's head or chin. I might, re- re- you know, remove hairs. I probably would remove active acne because most people are conscious of it. And there's other little things that I might remove, but I certainly don't airbrush things. I don't change the shape of someone's face. You know, I've seen some amazing work that can be done with Photoshop. And I get it. You know, we're all part of this beauty business. And there's a certain ideal of beauty that sells. But I really don't go out of my way to follow that. I let people know that if I photograph you, it's going to be you. And I'm not there to show you in a negative light. I'm always going to do my best to make someone look their best. But I don't then go on to Facetune and tweak them even more. I think the main thing is surely you want to look like yourself. Because when someone sees you off Instagram in real life, those flaws, those perceived flaws that you have, they're going to be there. And that person is probably not even going to notice them. But I think if you go to such an extent to hide these things, it could only hurt you eventually, if and when you choose to meet someone in real life. Because I do think there, you know, there are many of us out there that probably have very few intentions of seeing people on a day-to-day basis. Again, one of the reviews that I saw of Facetune, it kind of freaked me out, the person was saying, this app is amazing. I look like a complete stranger. They'd sent a photograph of themselves to their own mum and they couldn't recognize them. And that was a real result. Obviously for me, there's some potential issues there with that person. But even, even if that person takes, they seem to take some pleasure in that, that they could kind of fool their, their mum and no doubt they might be fooling hundreds, thousands of other people online. But for me, there is when you go to bed at night, when it's just you in front of your mirror, washing the debris of the day off, taking makeup off, etc., there's going to come a point where if you actually look at yourself in that mirror, it is just you. And I think it's so important. And I've learned this personally. It's very easy to be cruel to yourself and critical of yourself. It's really important to talk to yourself with kindness and acceptance, the same as you would a stranger or someone that you care about. But all too often, I know it's that there's that inner voice kind of ridiculing you because you're not up to scratch. You don't even look like the image you've been putting out there. Like that post you put on Instagram this morning, is that really you? And I think that's where the potential for mental health issues to arise. I think that what makes Instagram in particular potentially more damaging, if we're saying it is damaging, I do think for many people it could be. And I'm sure for a lot of people, it isn't they post and go, they get on with their life. But I do think a lot of people live their lives online and how they are measured is very important to them. It's a proven fact that when you get a like, you get a dopamine hit. So if you're not getting the likes and if you're getting criticism, that could really affect how you look at yourself. I did some research around how I I kind of wondered if we were using these tools more during lockdown and we indeed were. The company that created Facetune is called Lighttrick, which is an interesting name. And they did some research and they said that during lockdown, that once social distancing started to happen around the world, their usage went up by 20%. But also people were spending 25% more time on editing their pictures. They had more time, so they spent more time changing themselves. So I definitely think there's a cause for concern there because it could get out of hand if you are constantly tweaking, like, when is it going to be enough? The whole reason that I put the poll out on Instagram to find out if people wanted me to talk about filters was because I, I'd i seen Joe Rogan, who is basically the richest podcaster on the planet. Mm-hmm. Um, he recently shared an image of himself and, well it didn't look like himself it looked like a teenage girl a very pretty by you know eurocentric beauty standards a very pretty teenage girl and then he shared a picture of himself and he said this is the picture the original picture so it was a picture of him pouting and his daughter used filters on him and turned him into a much younger prettier version of him as a girl now don't get me wrong i'm really not for putting Joe Rogan out there as someone that even understands women's issues. Most of you won't know this, but I'm very into UFC, which is MMA, mixed martial arts. And I really love watching the women's fights. And Joe Rogan, when he's not podcasting, he's also a commentator on these fights. And there's been countless times when I've heard him talking about how beautiful or attractive the woman is. And it would infuriate me because it has nothing to do with the fight. And when he's watching men's fights, he's certainly not going, oh, wow, look at that torso, look at those pecs. He's not. He's talking about the fight. So definitely not putting Joe Rogan out there as someone that cares about women's issues. But it kind of made me think, well, if he's talking about this, then maybe filter, Maybe we are going too far with filters. So I put a poll out there asking my followers, saying, you know, what do you think? And 84% of people said that we had gone too far, but the remaining sixteen percent just told me to chill, so I think there's still there's still an attitude of well, it's common sense you know you just post and go but i I do think there are different generations affected differently by filters, and some people will just simply not post a picture of themselves without one and I've experienced that i've had i think there's always that joke on Instagram about you know you take a hundred pictures and None of them look right, or am I do I am I ugly in real life? Because once you take a picture, you feel less attractive. Um, so I've definitely experienced that myself, and I will be 100% honest if I don't like a picture, I probably won't post it. If I've got a breakout, I probably won't take a picture because the time it takes me to take the picture, I'll be looking at this spot and that spot and just saying no, like no. I guess you're just not enough today to have a picture taken of yourself. So it's clear that we all have different issues, but I think perhaps it's just on different levels and I don't know what the level is when it becomes a problem. At the end of the day, surely it's my prerogative. If I do want to change a picture of myself, like what's the big deal? I recently read an article on women's health and it did say that filters can affect our mental health. In it, the writer Christina Rodolfo, I'll share the link in the show notes. She says that even though she loves her natural lips, how she has a pout, once she starts scrolling through the often filtered faces on Instagram, she starts making a checklist of all the things she could change about herself. In the article, she also points out that as everyone's screen time has gone up, we're all that much more susceptible to spiral out of control because we're just sitting on our phones for so much longer At least before lockdown, we had to go to work. We couldn't spend so much time. But now we are spending a lot more time even working from home. It's far easier to pick up your phone and scroll and scroll and scroll. And as you scroll, you may be criticizing the people that you see, but the vast majority, if they've been filtered or they look aesthetically pleasing or beautiful, you're kind of picking at yourself at the same time. Also, as well as spending more time scrolling, So we're seeing more, but we're actually also being seen more. You know, how many memes have there been about, you know, prepping for a Zoom versus prepping to go to work? But there is an element of prep. I was asked by a museum, um, somebody I'd been talking to about some pictures, and we were going to have a phone conversation. She was like, oh, I'm just going to send you a Zoom link. And I got up and I went to my (laughs) beauty cupboard And I put on some tinted foundation, tinted moisturizer, some lipstick, and I did my eyebrows and I tried to tidy my hair up. I was like, I cannot let this person who I've never met before see me in my completely natural hormonal breakout hair in a top knot state. And one thing I'll share even further. So that was a woman from the museum. And then this week I had a Zoom booked in with four people and there were men in the group. And for some reason, I really felt that I had to look more professional. I did actually, I wore even more makeup and tied my hair straight back and wore a shirt. So there's definitely something about how we're being perceived. Even though we're not physically in front of someone, there's kind of like, is it preparation or is it pretense? I'm I'm not sure. Is it just making ourselves look better so we're taken more seriously? Because we all know that in the working world, especially, we are viewed on... On what we're wearing, and especially if you are black or a person of color, your hair can even come into that. Curly hair is seen as unruly and wild. So there's definitely levels to this, um, and so we all, all of us, do play a part in this kind of changing ourselves for others. But I think where articles like this one in Women's Health are stepping in, they're just saying, okay, so you can do the makeup, you can change your clothes, but when you decide to change how your face looks, it's kind of like we're going a step too far. In the article, the writer quotes um, Dr. Peace Ahmadi, and she says there's a well-established link between social media usage and psychological concerns. Instagram has been tied to anxiety and depressive symptoms, but also to concerns such as anxiety related to physical appearance, increased body dissatisfaction, and lower self-esteem. And now that we're spending more minutes on these platforms, we can assume these concerns have not only remained, but increased. The doctor goes on to say that nobody glows, sparkles, or has perfect abs 24-7 in real life. And I think that's what we've got to be diligent about. I don't have children, but perhaps if there are younger people around you, and they are relying on filters, maybe you can talk to them and just ask them, why did you choose that filter? But perhaps the younger ones aren't the problem. Perhaps it's people that are older and we're using them and we're starting to not just post photographs with the filters on, but we're posting videos with the filters on. And sometimes it's hard to tell if a filter's on. It's usually you can tell like there might be a softening of the the cheek area or there might be this odd little sparkle. But I do think we're relying on it more and more. And I'm talking about brand founders, you know, like supposedly people you want to aspire to be like when it comes to business not just looks maybe at some point we need to take time out from filters like some people have social media detoxes maybe we need to do a filter detox or maybe it's just not that big of a deal I'd love to know what you guys think I'm gonna post today the picture of Joe Rogan and his pretty filtered face and I would love to know what you think. So please pop onto that post and let me know or send me a DM. Before I go today, I just wanted to share a little bit about two beauty launches that I am personally very excited about. I've been writing about beauty for a really long time and I still get excited about new things, but I think the pressure is now on for something to be really new and unique. And I even think unique is kind of like a passé word now. There doesn't seem to be much originality out there. Everyone is just, we're into how we look and brands know that. So they're constantly just kind of piquing our interest. The launch of Makeup Artist Isamea French's line with the founder of Byredo Perfumes, Ben Gorham, is one of the most exciting things that I've heard in a long time. I think it launches in October and the visuals that have been shared so far are kind of like this almost alien type creature that's morphing and changing colour. And on the three little clips that they've shared so far, it just shares a small conversation, small snippets of conversations between Ben Gorham and Isamea French. We referenced, you know, almost relics, objects, ancient objects. But we also wanted to challenge the way that people use them. It was very much about that. It was about sparking the imagination and inspiring people. They're talking about like artifacts and alien qualities. And I think the key here is looking at Issa Maya's work. She is not someone that is just about looking pretty. She's really not about dewy, glowy, contour, bronze, glitter. I remember once I shared an image of hers where she'd been messing around with some kind of glue on her lips. And she already has like quite big lips and she made them bigger and someone DM'd me saying, oh, this is ugly. And I was like, I don't actually see it as ugly. Like, why do you see it as ugly? It just goes to show that so many of us conform to one type of beauty. Issa Mayer is known for her very unconventional approach to makeup. She creates her own trends. She gets followed a lot. And she really blurs the boundaries between what we accept as pretty and ugly. So for me, she's always been an artist that works with makeup rather than a makeup artist. So she first talked about this collaboration back in October last year, 2019. And recently she shared these three videos capturing conversations between herself and Gorham. From what they've released so far, I think it's going to be really exciting and really refreshing. I really hope it's going to be that and not just another something cool packaged in some vaguely cool packaging. I think it's, it's definitely time to look at makeup as something that anyone can wear and do anything with. I think there's no doubt that they will be copied or emulated soon after because right now beauty brands are really trying to get even more from us, get us to spend even more and they're going for much younger audiences as well. I think Morph, or is it Morphe? they're launching Morph 2, which is aimed at younger people and it's about a simpler application, which actually I think everybody can benefit from. I think the concept is all about just being able to tap makeup on eyes, cheeks, lips, et cetera. So again, we'll see what that brings. Another very exciting launch is, you know, it's Queen Pat, Pat McGrath. She is the most innovative makeup artist backstage at any fashion week you visit. She's, if, you, if you've seen a beautiful Vogue, Harper's, L cover, there's a... a there's a huge chance that Pat McGrath was behind the look on the cover. I'm obsessed with her. And yes, she's future goals as a guest on this podcast. She's launching a new lipstick with Supreme and Supreme's specific shade of red on their logo that's seen around the world. Supreme's logo is very iconic. It's the red with the um, italicized white text. And for me, I've always had a bit of a love-hate relationship with their logo. My background has been fine art and photography. So I studied art a long time ago. And I know that they they took their logo from the artwork of Barbara Kruger. She was an amazing... Well, she is an amazing artist. Her work was really iconic back in the 80s. In England, we have a type of newspaper called a red top. Kind of like the more mainstream newspaper some would say trashy newspaper but it would often be red with white writing on it she would create these these commentaries on everyday life such as I shop therefore I am and a really popular one a really popular feminist one was your body is a battleground So she would use black and white imagery and there would always be this very heavy like headline on top, like a stamp. Her work was amazing to me. So to see Supreme use it and make it theirs, it's always kind of wound me up because they didn't create it. They they were heavily influenced. And I don't know. Maybe I should do more homework on this. I don't know if Supreme has ever credited Kruger. So hopefully they have. But anyway, the lipstick is going to be that tone of red. I think it's meant to retail for around $59. I've had conversations with fellow kind of beauty enthusiasts, but more into the aesthetic, not just buying stuff to wear it. I spoke with a friend of mine. We both said, well, we'd probably buy two, one to use and one to keep forever because they do look good. It's got the iconic red and white. And of course, it's got Pat McGrath's iconic gold lips. It's a very gorgeous tube. Some of the ads look a bit... um they make the tube look a little bit phallic as well. So the brand Supreme itself, it's I think it's been around for about 26 years and this is the first ever beauty collaboration it's done. So I'm very wary of it ending up in the baskets of resellers so that perhaps people that actually do love Pat McGrath won't even get a chance to buy. I'm hoping that Pat has thought ahead on this and is releasing a lot of products. i I don't know how limited it's going to be. But to me, if Pat is a brand that's in the business of making money, surely she should be releasing a good amount. Whereas Supreme is into creating this cult-like obsession. um, And it's easy to imagine that the lipstick could go on sale for hundreds of dollars within a few days. As far as I know, it was actually meant to go on sale on the 24th, which is like four days ago now, online. It was meant to go on sale in Japan on the 22nd and then go online on the 24th and every time I check Pat McGrath's site it just says preview the product here because it's part of Supreme's fall winter 2020 collection amongst skateboards and keychains wrenches even step like step stools it's kind of ridiculous but I can see that this is Supreme's first beauty collab and I i don't think it's going to be the last I think they knew exactly what they were doing when they worked with Pat because Pat is just as iconic as them obviously way more iconic in the beauty world so I think it's it's going to be the first of many I think Supreme is really just trying to extend its reach into the beauty cupboards of hype Beasts everywhere so I'd love to know if you guys are going to buy anything from the Byredo collection with Isamaya French it's actually called by Color, or if you're going to spend on this Supreme lipstick. As always, I'm so grateful for any feedback. I actually found some random reviews that didn't come up on iTunes, um, on Apple Podcasts. And I just want to say thank you to everyone that just takes the time to write something about this podcast. I didn't even know that some of you want to hear more about my my personal likes and things that I like to buy. So I'm definitely working on an episode of my key products when it comes to caring for acne prone skin. So look out for that soon, and I'll see you next week. Thanks so much for listening. Take a minute to like, subscribe, perhaps share the episode with someone that you think will be interested. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BeautyMePodcast, or you can follow my personal account, which is at charise.kenyon Feel free to slide into the DMs with any feedback or suggestions for future guests and I'll see you next week.